0: There's a couple of blocks, there's a couple of houses on my block that are about the size of my house. Rick L, you've never been in my house before, so
1: I've only been outside of it and watch you drunkenly. Yeah, okay, the steps.
0: all right. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and,
2: and, and you yelled, Decoding 40, <laughs> right? This is another episode of Decoding 40. This is Mac aka Mr. Raw making all your fantasies come true. This is Hello live from BK but residing in Harlem. What's up? It's your boy Vin aka Vinny
0: Pugazi master of impressions. Yo, what's up? This is our, and I'm talking directly into
3: the mic Welcome to the stage guys. <laughs> I,
1: like Google. I just do heroin. That sounds gross. I no, just try to play
0: 50 people politics, politics racist sexual yeah. let me finish oh. Oh. welcome to decoding 40
2: what's up everybody welcome to another exciting episode of decoding 40 my name is Mac AK Mr Rock and I am here with my main man
1: yo this is your boy l. o dot aka with the shits or not with the shits depending on your perspective
0: What's up, your boy, Vin in the building, just chilling, hoping everybody's safe out there.
2: This is Alaric. Um, so beside us boarding up our windows, fellas, uh, what's going on in your life?
0: Besides watching the TV and seeing what's going on in, 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 uh, in the world, I, I just been chilling, man, relaxing. I took some a couple of days off. Um, you know, I put in for some time, and I took a little extra time. You know, I said, fuck it. I needed some time off. I needed to decompress. So that's what I've been doing for the last uh, five or six days. Oh. But other than that, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a vacation. I don't want to talk about it on the air. You, you, you know, you can get me in <laughs> oh, trouble. Mm-hmm. Sick. You know, <laughs> no, I, no. I was sick a couple of days. Gotcha. Sick <laughs> in the head. The <laughs> you
2: know, of course I do. All right, that's basically it, man. That's it. That's what's up. Uh let's see. Baby came home finally. Baby's in the Yay! house. Baby's- hey. Baby, baby is anything. home after after. Yeah, ooh, easy. Um, so so yeah, baby baby uh was in the hospital for a month. She's now home, and I am sleepless, but I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm the dad <laughs> thing. I'm kind of, kind of fitting like a glove. And my man was like, yeah, give it two weeks. Tell me to talk that shit in two weeks. He's like, let's see how you feeling. But I want to thank all of you guys for reaching out to me and, and giving me good tips so far. All of that stuff has been very helpful. So thank you guys.
3: The thing about a newborn is, is like when immediately when they come home, like you, you've done a couple of weeks where you, where you were working on a project and you didn't sleep much or whatever, but you've never worked on a project for three months (laughs) <laughs> and it didn't let you
1: sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it woke you up every two hours, right? Consecutively, every day yeah. for
2: three months. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get this rotation right. I'm trying to get this rotation right with my wife, where we just kind of hand off and the then. And I work <laughs> for myself, never. so I, I yeah, seriously, I, I I we've That's already broken down, so we're trying to be set today. But um, and I'm still working. Um, and my mom's in the hospital, so I gotta I fly. I gotta go check her. What else? We're doing a show. I'm teaching, so my life is nuts. But I'm excited that she's home. She's she's beautiful and and all of that. She but, uh, is other
0: than yes, other, she thank
2: you, is. thank you. So I'm just I'm just uh trying to you know get my daddy daddy uh swag together. That's about it. But it's feeling good. So on a lighter on a on a on a lighter note of 2021, and I'm glued to the TV watching this insurrection business. And I'm on the dark side of the internet and the television, is because everybody else. So I can come back and report
0: to y'all. Hold up. So, so back, you've been watching them videos where everybody in that motherfucker talk like this. So we were storming the Capitol. <laughs>
2: and we noticed <laughs>
0: that there were aliens actually <laughs> above the Capitol at the time of the insurrection. That's what you had. You mm-hmm. had-
2: my, my, my wife makes fun of me because I watch that and then I'll switch back over and I'll watch some white girl teen pop series. So I'll watch that and then I'll go watch the flight attendant. <laughs> and then I'll watch that. And I'll come and she's like, Yo, white." she's like, yo, you're like a 16-year-old white girl. What are you watching? I'm like, yo, if you just watch the videos that I watch, you would need to watch some, some, some popcorn television too. So oh yeah, God. I just come back and I need to like watch brainless TV. Um, and then I went and watched Power. So I binge power. Shout out to Power, Ghost. It's pretty good. Mary J. Blige Method Man. Very exciting. That's all that I need on my TV. So but
3: that's- I'm, I'm actually interested in seeing that that series. Like, you know, I'm not a power fan at all but really i'm actually interested i saw, <laughs> I saw the trailer for that and it, first of all it was all the cars all the old drug dealer cars that 50 was driving in the, in the music video i was like i gotta watch this like he, they they had it they had they nailed it like they had all the clothes like it just reminded me of that time and it was i was feeling very nostalgic so i think he knows what that and it's supposed to be like when he's, he's just like street level dealer right he's not like the power dealer. He's like the the street level dealer. Oh wait, is
1: this I, the Book I, of Canaan now? Yeah, he's talking about of Canaan. He's talking about Book of Canaan. That's a that started so the Book of Canaan. That started. No,
2: no, no. They just oh, no. They just, oh, no they just finished Ghost. What's Mary J. Blige finished? Different. Mary J. Blige's yeah. oh, Mary J. Blige's Ghost is power book two. Oh, I ain't watching that shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I it was some Method
2: shit. Method right. Man has right. evolved as an act as an actor. Mary J. Blige is the queen pin. I like it. It's very exciting. It's fun. It's not the wire, but they're doing a good job. And I, I like Michael Rainey Jr. I think he's a one to watch. He's an up-and-coming one to I watch. I believe
0: you said he's the next Denzel. you talking about who? He might talking. be. He might be. I believe I did say <laughs> he, he that. Took, he took big leaps. Yeah, he's he the next Denzel. Okay. Who's, who's He's this generation. One that plays the little boy? Tariq. Yeah. Tariq, Tariq. Tariq. Yeah, Tariq. Denzel. Tariq. Oh nigga. Come on, stop it.
2: Yeah, all right. All right. What's going on in your What's going on in your life,
1: El? Really, I woke up today. I was really uh, irritated the whole morning, so um, Monday. I just had Monday blues all day. So I get in the Uber, and the Uber driver starts coughing, and I'm saying to myself, "Okay, calm down." So then he coughs like two or three more times, and then my wife starts coughing. So I'm looking at both of them like, "Yo, y'all are tripping right now." <laughs> I pull down the window. And uh, that was it. And then the next Uber we got, the dude apparently got hit on his way to come pick us up and kept telling us, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Wound up being like a 10 minute wait. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, dude, you really irritate me right now. So I wound up giving him a two star accident. Yeah, (laughs) I gave him a two star because you made your problem my problem. And as a customer, that's not a good way to treat me. And I gave him my out. I said, it sounds like you've got something going on. Cause I talked to him before he arrived. We will just cancel this and you can take care of what you need to. He said, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll be right there. This is like five minutes later. So I'm like, all right. That so was, was irritated. Yeah. It was like
0: $10. We were going like, you got to be hustling hard. If that $10, right. Exactly. Handling the accident is a problem. So right.
1: Like to me, you are risking and which he did pissing off the customer as opposed to just dealing with whatever was going on downtown.
0: Jesus Christ. So
1: anyway, so that all of that paled in comparison, because then later tonight, and this is a PSA for everybody, I find out that my son has been obviously having communications with somebody online through one of his video games that I have, no, that my wife and I have no idea who it is. So what? What? yeah, that just blew my whole evening. But trying to be the new age parent that I am, I did not lose my shit. His grandmother lost her shit on him. She kind of did my job for me in that respect. But now I we need to have a conversation with him in a civil way because we've had this conversation repeatedly. So this is definitely encouraging every parent who has a child who is on these Internet games to to keep up with your kids. Make the sure fuck, you know the fuck exactly is what they're talking about. I don't know. I'm going to have to investigate it tomorrow. The beauty is. He is not a good criminal, which I'm very <laughs> thankful for.
0: <laughs> this nigga leaves all the fingerprints. All
1: the, all the crumbs. All the crumbs. So his grandmother asked him, who was he talking to? And he gave her a blank stare. And it just happened to be around the time that I was, I guess, coming to the door. And she was, like, irritated. And I'm like, OK. So then she just started going off on him. I was like, oh. So then I asked, who was he talking to? And he said, someone on whatever the video game is. And I'm like, OK, is that the person's name? Because that doesn't sound like a government name. So he tells me the person's name. I'm like, who's this person? How do you know them? Met them online. I'm like, yo, we have talked about this. You do not. There's only three people that you're allowed to play video games on as your cousin and two of your classmates because we know them. Mm-hmm. What was funny when we got in the Uber to come home, I think the Uber driver was so uncomfortable with how silent it was in the back seat. He turned and looked at me like, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got two kids in the car. I'm thinking you're the not going to get home.
0: <laughs> right. I'm fucking somebody up. <laughs>
1: so, I mean, that I, my my thing is, I was angry, but it becomes more concern Right. Because you don't want your kid exposed to anything that is obviously going to bring them harm. And you want them to understand that. And not from a yelling and uh, angry perspective, but more from you need to reason with them. So they understand h- how dangerous the situation can become. So
0: was he uh, was he playing him. the game and talking to the person or he was right, the right, talking to the person playing the game? OK. All right. But, so he was in the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's different, though. See, like you're an adult. You can discern when to cut off a conversation, you know, move on, so
0: yeah, you're right, you're right. You have people out there who are fishing for information exactly right, That's what they're, they're kids in exactly. yeah. yeah, I understand, I understand I feel you,
1: and you know the idea that someone is is trying to befriend him and he has no idea who this person is. And they could be just you know siphoning it, information from him without him even realizing
0: it. He, yeah. he could be talking to a guy who owns a van and happens to have a like, exactly a exactly
1: a exactly you know what like, what's, hey, your, father,
3: what's right. your dad's mom's maiden name right right or, or where do you go in to the school? last four digits of his uh, social security right or, Have you ever seen his credit card? Like, Aller has some experience in this. <laughs>
0: You like puppies? <laughs> I got a van and Wait a, a minute. Yeah, you got to have, have a side, side hustle in these times. These times you got to have a side hustle. I got a van with some puppies. Can I come by and show you my puppies?
1: Right. So <laughs> as 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 someone in their 40s, I'm thrown back to different strokes.
2: Dudley.
0: Hey, Dudley, <laughs> take <laughs> off your tank top and let me see your black body. Come on. Uh, oh. <laughs> So yeah, so that's
1: that's where we are. Oh, Dudley! But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, life as a parent, crazy. I said, oh, Dudley.
3: Yo, <laughs> all I remember is his his big Dad.
0: fucking teeth.
3: <laughs> his dad's teeth were the biggest
2: <laughs> teeth I'd ever seen on a oh, human being.
0: Shit! Mm. Oh, goodly.
4: Oh,
2: it's funny. All the episodes they make, we all remember that one. That was the <laughs> was worst. The most- Yo, that was the scariest
1: happened. episode. Yeah, it, it was the, the most scariest episode that it, they did.
2: As good as that show was, that's what we remember them for, is, is mm-hmm. Dudley. Yeah. yeah the,
3: we thought they were going to a bike shop and some white guy was molesting them in the back. Anyway, well, I'm officially old. I have to go for well, a colonoscopy. But there's an upside because I went to meet my gastro. The got the 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 doctor I was referred to. And uh it's a black female <laughs> gastro <laughs> who is <laughs> she's, she's probably she, the bus challenge. Busty. She might be two years older than me. Maybe. Like Ooh. she looks like she's around our age. And uh yeah. And you know, don't
0: worry, I'm gonna gonna be real cool with your ass, okay? I'm gonna make it real easy for you. (laughs) We're gonna have
1: a uh, package that was done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'll you'll be asleep,
1: asleep good for you as it was for me. Yeah,
3: I I, I thought of like maybe going on YouTube to see what actually happens during the call, but you know what? I'm gonna be sleeping, and
0: you know, you don't, you don't, whatever
3: she finds up there, it's it's.
2: You got that copay for me,
0: baby? Rick, you do not want to go into the colonoscopy after watching a video of what they do, because then you'll be like, nah, son, you're going to have to knock me out with an elephant tranquilizer because uh, I'm not falling asleep with Rick. As long
1: as people. you don't have the Caligula plan, you'll be okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, have, my insurance is pretty good. <laughs> okay, good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to pull out an old-ass machine.
1: <laughs> exactly. You have a prolapse asshole just walking around Brooklyn like, damn! <laughs> what kind of a camera a they use your the
0: ass, <laughs> Oh, my God. they VHS camera Yes, That's, that's, ass. that's <laughs> all that's going on with me. Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams
1: come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't
3: forget to hit that
2: subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all.
0: And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. If I listener to coding forty, <laughs> goddamn it! No.
2: We are very excited to have a special guest on today's episode.
1: Yo, I'm I'm very excited to introduce this brother, and I'm happy that he sent me a message. I'm assuming we connected on Clubhouse because that's exactly where I've been for the last couple of weeks. He is New Jersey's finest, a Georgetown Hoya, CPA, Grammy-nominated music producer real estate developer with a personal portfolio that includes over 500 units of residential commercial properties nationwide. He recently co-founded a $10 million angel syndicate VC fund that was designed with the sole purpose of helping minorities create wealth and have access to capital with a primary mission to invest in entrepreneurs that need expansion or startup capital. Throw a bunch of clues bombs on that uh, because they also provide funding for individuals who want to invest in real estate and build wealth. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my esteemed pleasure to introduce you to A. Donahue Baker.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Welcome welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with the fellas. Mr.
0: Donahue, you got like five dollars I can borrow. (laughs) (laughs) I just need like five hours with some new poets. Chuchi, he just came
4: I, in. Chuchi, hell. I need I'm some a, of what I'm you a, got right yeah, you me, How about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Give me a cash. Gonna, out, better, I guess, won't you, um, start by just kind of giving us a, uh, a little bit of your background and how you came to be this awesome brother that you are.
4: Yeah. My journey started really in music, right? Started, uh, producing. I'm uh, like you said before, I'm a Grammy nominated producer. From there, I kind of had a label deal on Sony and my label got dropped and I had to figure out what the next step was going to be. So I kind of went back to school, got my MBA. And then at that point, I worked for a a CPA firm and worked through, through that firm, really opened up my eyes to wealth building and how wealthy really put it together, how they basically use tax strategy, how they basically built and, and shielded wealth, right? protected it. Once you get it, it's getting it is one mindset, but once you get it, it's a different mindset. So I really learned that really working with the family office. And then I launched my own practice and I did that for a number of years. And then Real estate was, uh, you know, accumulating one by one. I was focused on buying rental properties, and slowly, I mean, it took me about twelve years. But my passive income far exceeded my active income that I worked for. So, mm-hmm. uh, when that point happened, I decided to no longer practice as a CPA, and uh, I became somewhat bored because real estate, did, real estate in and of itself, the way that I've accumulated my portfolio. I have a property manager that does everything. So I needed to do something else. And that's when I really thought about my life and my life journey. And at the center of all of that, every single major transaction that I've made in my life, the bank was at the center of that transaction. And uh, I felt that I needed to have a bank that would create opportunity for others. And that was really the key. And what I tried to do is create that bank, that financial institution that can create opportunity for others.
2: Blown away. I, I... <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. So this is a talk show and we always have something to say. I've never seen all of us silent at the same time.
0: <laughs> I, I, I was, no, Vin I was talking, talking but I was, was I was going I um, to say I, I, oh. uh, I visited the website and I read about the bank and um, I'm very impressed. Um, Definitely looking into uh, becoming a customer because nobody else is doing that. And what you're offering is uh, the packages that I read on was a 10,000 loan, the 50,000 for LLCs. That's big to start your own business or to, you know, try to get into real estate and generational wealth is something that is extremely important right now. Absolutely. I
3: I think think uh, the, the opportunities that you're providing, like, um, with all this gentrification that we're seeing happening now, um, being able to participate in what's happening in your neighborhood you once that ball starts rolling, you can't stop it. But, um, you know, you, you helping to provide a place for us to get in the game is, is pretty important. And uh, I applaud you for that. Yeah. Um, what brought you to real estate? Like, why did you decide like real estate was the, the way that you wanted to go?
4: Well, I worked with the family office. Do you guys know what the family office is? No, no, no. What is that? No. Okay, so the family office is—it's literally. I mean, it's not—it's not a fantasy. What I'm telling you, there's there's companies call the family office, and they're only concerned with high net worth individuals. Now, these are people that are worth at least a hundred million dollars. Right, we're talking about a different level of wealth. So, if you're worth $20, 30 million dollars, you're still not wealthy enough to really deal to be a focus of a family office. So at the family office, what it is, is about 20 individuals. And each one of those individuals work on a different vertical within a family's wealth. So some person in the family office really just deals with insurance. So their job every single day to come into the office and find the best insurance policy for that particular family. Maybe that person um just uh you know another vertical maybe that person does commodities does investing their job is every single day find out the best investing strategies in commodities or stocks or whatever right but their sole job is to do that every single day mine was the taxes so i would have to basically take wealth figure out what is the best tax strategies come up with a plan for that individual or that family for throughout the course of a year and- Every year it would change. On the staff of a family office is a lobbyist. And that's what really blew my mind because I was like, why is a lobbyist on the family office? Well, most of the family offices have a attorney, quote unquote, a lobbyist that worked that has an office on K Street in Washington, DC. And that mm-hmm. attorney's job, usually it's an attorney, right? But usually that attorney's job is just to affect legislation and how it affects. The, the wealthy. right? That's their sole job. That's what they do every single day. And when they write the code, the tax code, I had to work closely with a lot of these lobbyists because when they wrote the tax code, we knew what was coming down the pipe. So a couple years ago, before the Trump tax laws, as they call them, came into effect, we knew that having an LLC is going to save you 20% of your tax liability. It's going to mm-hmm. provide a windfall. So what happens is the wealthy switch their, their legal entities into an corp type legal structure. And they basically was able to write off 20% of their taxable liability, whereas others that weren't prepared for that couldn't take advantage of that, that fact, that change in the tax laws. The point I'm trying to make is that's how you follow the wealth. And that mm. opened up my mind and opened up just my perspective to say, well, look, I need to be the family office for the everyday people. And that's what led me to say, you know what? The next progression has to be some component of tax strategy, wealth building, and banking, right? Because that's where the wealth is being created. Even in when you look at what's going on in our community right now, what we need is more creators. We need more entrepreneurs. And that's why I said, look, In order to really facilitate that, I need a bank. I need to be able to give people access to capital. And that's why when I say if you have the LLC, we give every LLC at least $50,000, not because we want to just, you know, provide money or whatever. No, the idea is people will use that $50,000 to start a business, to prove a concept of a business and do it Mm -hmm. in a manner that is safe. Do it in a manner that's not going to bankrupt their family and put their personal credit in jeopardy. That was the whole concept behind building the bank and using the resources that we had at our disposal to make and create more entrepreneurs and real estate developers.
1: That's brilliant. I, I actually knew what a family office is, but I'm glad you explained it because the only reason I knew what it was is because I watched Showtime Billions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, which episodes so I go back and watch it? There's, there's several
1: episodes. Because, um, a, a lot of hedge fund uh, uh, guys get butts down to family offices once they violate some kind of SEC rule. So I was like, oh shit. So I started looking into that. And then there's a number of uh, athletes that have family offices if they're smart enough to do it. And they obviously don't have that mega capital infusion, but they do have a large capital uh, to work with. I want to ask you, what's the criteria in which you work with entrepreneurs and these uh, startup companies?
4: There is no criteria. Really, if anybody banks with us and they're a member of our bank, we like to bring them through a process processes to build generational wealth. I think Mm -hmm. that's what we really need in our community. So I'll talk to you about what we do, the steps we take, and what it's like, right? So it's really six levels. And each level that you go through, you focus on one objective and one objective only. So I'll run through the six levels real quick. The very first level is the level in which we call the thousandaire level, in which you come into the bank, open up an account. It's a digital bank, right? So it's really just going to bank money app open an account. A number one objective of level one is we want you to be a thousandaire. We define a thousandaire as an individual that's capable of making $100,000 every single year. So we give you financial literacy, we give you education, we give you networking, right? We give you opportunity. Now, prime example of opportunities, we have a partner. Our partner has a program that you don't even need a college education. They will train you for three months. At the end of that three-month period, they'll guarantee that they'll get you a job making $100,000 a year. Now, this is a program that needs to be dispersed in our community. But we need more and more people to get into tech, to get into – because that's really the the number one wealth creation vehicles happening right now is happening in Silicon Valley, right? So without being long-winded, I'm just going to get through the different stages. Level two. Once we're a thousandaire, you go to level two, the number one objective at level two is to live what we call a rent-free lifestyle. Basically, if you're between the ages of 20 and 35, we want your very first home purchase to be a multifamily home purchase. That's called living the rent-free lifestyle because if you do that, you'll see the repercussions in wealth years and years down the the road, right? Because most people, when they want their first home, they think of a single family, nice white picket fence home, beautiful. We don't want you to do that first. We want you to get the asset and then get the liability and use the asset to pay for the liabilities. At least that's Mm -hmm. the rationale. Level three, the number one objective is to bring your personal credit score to 720, lock it. We want to lock it because we want you to live exclusively through an LLC. Now, we talk about the power of the LLC and why we want you to lock your personal credit score at 720, because the LLC, most people are not utilizing the LLC to its utmost potential. Mm-hmm. Most people know how to incorporate and just get an LLC, but really, are they really tapping into business credit, right? So when we talk about business credit, what we pattern our, our style after, Donald Trump regardless of politically how you feel about him, he's literally one of the masters of business credit. Donald Trump has over 500 LLCs. The reason why one man has over 500 LLCs is because he understands the power of the LLC. And we try to get people to understand the power of the LLC so they can tap into its full and utmost potential. So what we do at our bank is we give every person that has an LLC... We give them $50,000 of business credit so that they can use that $50,000 to prove the concept of a business because we need more entrepreneurs, we need more creators, we need more real estate developers. So at level three, that's really the goal.
0: Hey, you. Yeah, you, Dakota 40 fan. You got a problem with us? Give us a call. 608-618-4040. Tell us how
2: you really feel. You might end up on the show.
4: We double, triple fucking dare you.
2: Fuck out of here.
4: At level four, once you've proven the concept of your business, once you've basically have two years tax returns, what we do is we tell you to go out and get a million dollars in debt through your business, right? So when we say get a million dollars in debt, we don't mean consumer credit. We don't mean anything like that. What we're trying to say is go out and buy income-producing assets. That pay you to own it. Go out and buy a million dollars worth of those assets. We help you get there through lines of credit at the bank. Right. We get you lines of credit all the way up to a million dollars. You can go out and buy income producing assets. Once you have those criteria, the 2 years tax returns, when you've proven the concept of your business, we lend on on a multiple of revenue, not profit. So we can still get you a million-dollar line of credit if you're unprofitable. It's really about proving that you have a viable product. At level five, the million dollars that you created at level four of debt now turns into a million dollars of equity. Or if you have a business, a million dollars in valuation that is the level where technically we turn thousandaires to millionaires it's a it's a progression right so that is a uh, the level even though you're technically a millionaire at that level you you won't feel like it so one more level up is level 6 and that is the level the true level of generational wealth creation and at that level we have life insurance policies which we sell at the bank we also have attorneys that can help you set up a trust a family trust irrevocable trust whatever trust suits your personal situation the idea is to create wealth and pass it on pass it on to your heirs and give them a head start in life that's really what we're all trying to get to and it's a progression that we bring you through at the bank starting from just opening an account giving you education, giving you resources and tools so that you can build wealth for you and your family. I know that was a little long-winded, but... No, no, no. Long-winded
0: I, I just... <laughs> I, my, my head is spinning right now. I mean, no. Yeah,
2: um, I, f- I feel richer. I feel richer. Not, I feel <laughs> for, for the no, for real.
1: I think one of the beautiful things about this platform is that even though it's called Decoding 40, our largest listening segment is actually skews lower into the 30s. So that really does target target the the, uh, the demographic that you're going after. So mm-hmm. those of you who are listening, um, definitely, I would say, reach out to this brother and, and try to see how you can um, work together in order to build your own um, generational wealth.
2: So then, what is your criteria for evaluating businesses? What is your criteria for evaluating the entrepreneurs that come in? Because like our community, one of the biggest problems is having not only access to capital, right, but for, for the reasons That we have access to credit, which is credit, which is we don't have necessarily. We've talked a lot about on this not having all of the resources, and those resources are beyond money. It could be like you said, knowledge. It could be human capital. Yeah, could be network. Right. It could whatever it is. There's a lot of things that we need to bridge that gap. So how do you guys a uh, do that evaluation and also um, help people get those those types of resources?
4: Well, we have a a ten million dollar angel syndicate fund for. Particularly entrepreneurs, and even though we've done uh, a lot of real estate development projects, it's more going to be coming in down the line. But for entrepreneurs, we kind of look, look for businesses that can scale. So we we have when we basically have it, the Angel Syndicate Fund focuses on pre capital funding. So let's say you're an inventor, you make a product, and you don't have the money to do your prototype. We're not the, the people that's going to give you a million dollars to, to build down and scale. That's not what we do. What we will do, though, is we may invest 50,000, 100,000 to get you to a Series A so that you can raise a million dollars, right? And we have a network to help you get there. So it's really pre-funding, pre-stage funding that we do, right? So a lot of, there's a lot of creativity in our community. Our idea is just to tap into that. Right, And a a lot of people are out there looking for funding. They don't know what to do. Their credit is messed up. That's why we, we, we started to focus on business credit, because the way that we do business credit, we don't depend on your personal credit. Right, We don't need you to personally guarantee your business. We want the business to stand on its own merit. And that's why we really, really promote and push our business credit products, because that... is a a resource where you can say, look, if you know 90% of the businesses fail, use your business credit to build your business and take chances. Use your business to protect yourself, protect your family. That's really the safe way to do it. You know, We talked about Donald Trump. He's filed for bankruptcy four times. I mean, a man has 500 LLCs. He's filed for bankruptcy four times. And in 1992, the day he filed for bankruptcy, That same week, he set up four other LLCs and leveraged those LLCs for hundreds of millions of dollars. So that being said, it's like you have to understand the system. You have to understand if you're looking to build generational wealth, you've got to master debt, right? Because you have to learn how to leverage, how to use these resources to build wealth. And that's really the key of what we try to show, show people through financial literacy and through education. It's, it seems
3: sometimes that the, the entrepreneur and the the VC or the angel investor have a hard time finding each other. Why, why do you think that that
4: is? Well, the VCs that, that are out right now are looking for just to place bets, right? So a mm-hmm. lot of times you have to think about it. In our community, there's like like tw- like um, $12 trillion of, of venture capital money that was out there. And we got like 0.03% went to minority uh, um, entrepreneurs. The reason why is because people want to place a bet on people that they, that they know. Right. Ultimately, it's it's. I got if you look at Facebook, if you look at all of these companies that got millions and mil- millions of dollars really before they even went public, it was because resources, connections. Right. You had people that knew people that vouch for people in our community. Mm-hmm. We don't have that friends and family that we can call up to say, you know, I need to raise three or four million for my latest invention. So we're trying to fill that seat. We're trying to be the company that can connect our community to Silicon Valley. That's really what we want to serve as, as, as the bank, the home of the entrepreneur, home of creators, home of access to capital.
3: So it's not that we have inferior products. It's because we don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's an, <laughs> inside, that joke. Joke. That's that's an inside joke. I said some that's comments made, made by some other people on this podcast who I that's won't a, point out a, <laughs> Burnett, who said that
2: What I said is. What I said is, is we, we, we lack resources. That's what I said. And sometimes those lack of resources causes us to have things, to, causes us to not be able to compete because other people are able to outdoor maybe I said it poorly. You listen back to the show and you tell me if that's what he said. Uh, (laughs) I I I I, I said I said it was inferior, but because we don't have access to resources. And that's not particularly (laughs) not true. Like we there's resources that we don't it's not true. And it's not just capital.
1: You said it's not particularly not true. What the hell does
2: that mean? (laughs) All right, moving on. We got, we got to watch <laughs> the club. <laughs> I don't want to get into this argument because we're going to be he, here with, with He that hates, he, he, hates he said this. that and he can't admit it. He <laughs> yeah. hates No, 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 no. but it's, it's core in the show. It's fine. It's fine.
3: <laughs> I'm really interested in in real estate. You know, right now, we're in an interesting time where um, uh, Vin, Vin was talking about this earlier that, you know, people may start to lose their homes and like, foreclosures might become more prevalent in the next year or so. How can we best situate ourselves so that we might be able to take advantage of those types of situations, Um, whether it's in our own neighborhoods or whether it's outside of our neighborhoods?
4: Absolutely. Great question. So one of the things that uh, we've all been waiting for is, I mean, at least in the real estate community, Is we're going into this pandemic. We expected people to be losing their homes because they were losing their jobs. It just didn't happen. Didn't happen across the board. So the question becomes we're going into another round of stimulus. 2021, moratoriums will be lifted. There are landlords definitely that are hurting, that are feeling the pain. Um, I know that. I know this for a fact. However, is government gonna not allow a massive amount of foreclosures to get on the market? That's really what we don't know. That's the determining factor. And real estate is always local. So you really have to, you know, one thing that's happening in one market may not be happening in another. So what you have to really do is prepare yourself for opportunity. A lot of people right now building up cash positions. A lot of people are keeping their eyes on the market to, to wait for opportunities. I see opportunities definitely in office complexes. You know, prices are falling in in office complex sector. I myself I'm an apartment investor guy. Like I, I specialize in acquisitions of apartments. So, I'm not saying that market is not soft right now. It may change, but I am waiting. If if the prices fall, I'm going to aggressively buy because people will always need a place to live. That is just factual. So, what could you do to prepare yourself? definitely put yourself in a position where you understand and you know your market, you're educated in your market. I think that everyone should have three markets in which they're experts in. And when I mean experts, they know the brokers, they know the price points, and they know what's happening, what the trajectory of that market is going to be. So I also think another way that you can prepare yourself is learn how to do creative financing so you can raise capital quickly. And there's a number of things that you can do with that. You can definitely tap into business credit, have that prepared. You can also tap into what's called syndication business model basically. Um when you're doing a real estate syndication, you're raising money to do with you're pooling money with other people to do bigger and bigger acquisitions. Everyone can have a group of about, you know, five to 10 people to say, well, look, if something comes on the market, something falls, let's put our money, pull our money together to get big, much bigger assets. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, so education, being ready to pounce on deals, because when deals come available, it's the people that can move the quickest that's going to really be able to, you know, build wealth really, really fast. So those are Two pieces of advice. Hopefully, you know what's
3: your what's your what's your feeling on um, flips? What
4: I what I focus on is from a real estate perspective. I focus on building generational wealth. When you wholesale, when you flip, you're not building generational wealth. What you're doing is you have a job. So the second you stop flipping, the second you stop wholesaling, your income stops. If you take my approach by income producing assets, you'll you'll be able to. To get assets that you can pass on to your children, and that was my approach. My 12-year run, it was. I started buying first income-producing property. was a duplex I bought uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I lived in one side, rented out the other. I set a goal for myself to double the number of units every single year, and now I have over 500 units. That's how I did it. When you when you just flip and you wholesale, you know you can do hundreds of deals and still end up broke. So I just want to, I try to tell people, go for the long-term game, go for the generational wealth. Like I, even to this day, I would much rather uh, get an extra two, $3,000 a month than to make, uh, you know, 30,000 at one time, you know, give me the two or $3,000 a month for the rest of my life and my kid's life, then, then just give me $30,000 and that's what they're doing on flips Mm. and that's what they're doing on wholesale deals. So it's really playing that long-term game is going to put you in a much better position.
1: I wanted to just highlight uh, something you said about syndicating and pooling money. When I was in high school, that was the best advice that I did not take. I had an accounting teacher tell us straight up, and this is in the 80s, late 80s, what you all should be doing is getting together, getting your credit up, pooling your money and buying a brownstone in Harlem or Brooklyn. Hmm. And all of us, 35 to 40 of us dumbass students sitting in that classroom said yeah I whatever the bell rang I'm out
3: shut up Mr. Smith (laughs) yeah exactly it it is it
1: it is I think one of the best pieces of advice that I totally uh, did not take and I kick myself every time
0: hey thanks for listening if you're enjoying this episode and I'm sure you are be sure to catch the guys for Decoding 40 After Dark every Monday night at 11 p.m. if you're on the East Coast and 8 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. Streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. It's the same shit, just live. Decoding 40
2: After Dark. In 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 Insurrection. Y'all cater. Y'all
0: <laughs> <laughs> cater. Y'all cater's out there. Tell you what, we gonna storm the fucking Capitol and I don't care who's out there. And I'll take any of those fire extinguishers and beat that motherfucker over the head. It was me I did it.
2: See, y'all thought I was crazy. Now they're talking about armed uh what we're talking about, Yeah, right?
0: they're talking that bullshit in, in, in TikTok. they yeah, gonna get still... together. Uh, yeah. Listen, they're gonna this is the plan. They're okay. gonna get together at the McDonald's, nigga, cause the McRib is back. They're gonna talk their plan while they're eating the McRib and halfway through uh, eating the McRib, they're gonna forget about it and go, What the hell's we fighting for? Right. This McRib is delicious.
2: They're not that dumb. They are more organized than that. And many of them are highly trained military professionals.
0: All right. Many of them. So so the the ghost riders and, and, and and the fucking black ops uh, dudes that play black ops all the time. I'm not worried about them niggas. If they were that smart, they knew that going into the Capitol, everything is Wi-Fi and wired. So even if they didn't get caught on camera, if their phone registered to the network that's inside of the Senate, they're done. It's all stored on the fucking drive somewhere and they're going to have some intern go through it and start picking out names and addresses and they go catch a visit.
2: Have all you guys been to Albany? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've been to Albany on several occasions, several for business without a person. When you go to Albany, the Capitol is about the size of like a block downtown, right? Off Canal Street, right? You know where you go to like get your birth certificate. And it occurred to me that it wouldn't be particularly hard for them to get 20, 30,000 people at each capital armed. And that as much as we talk about it, whatever, there is no way that local police can handle twenty to 30,000 armed people at every single capital without military intervention.
3: But but the thing is, is like taking over a
2: Capitol building doesn't give you control of the government It doesn't, but it's absolute disruption and chaos and if they do it consistently eventually, somebody's going to get killed and somebody's going to get hurt <laughs> Yeah, have, yeah I, they're I, gonna, I, a I, lot of them are right, going to get killed A
0: lot killed. of them are going to get killed This is my oh, reenactment ahead. This is my reenactment Reenactment 019er, Foxtrot We got the laser on them Release the missile. From a fucking drone that's 20 miles they away. They cannot
2: fire a drone. <laughs> You can't use a drone over American soil. Well, wrong. Well, now we're talking about martial no, no, Now you you we're talking about military. Marshall.
0: Yes, you can you can't because use, Obama can't use, signed. Mm-hmm. Obama signed that as an addendum to the Patriot Act. Yes, they can. But, then, and they
3: but will. that. But that they, they'll be deemed enemy combatants.
0: Yes, uh, and they'll be. It's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can't stop. Look, I'm not. I'm stop. not
3: saying. I'm not saying that they can't do it. Anything is possible. Will it get them the results that they're seeking? Is another story. Is so it that's another question? Yeah. Is, is it going to give them control of the government like they seek like
2: they're seeking? No. No, but it's a constant escalation. This is what I'm saying. So, in other words, they went into the Capitol building. Now the government responds. Now they feel put upon, so they need to do something bigger. And then the government responds. And then after a while, it's hey, there's a guy with a uniform. Let's shoot them on sight because the bottom line is, is, God forbid, I don't want this to happen. That's how civil wars start. That's how insurgent. I've been studying like insurgencies and in places that this has happened in other places. This has happened before where you have a 10 year yeah. period where the people are at war with the authorities and the government. Yeah. Not the whole population, but a segment that feels disenfranchised or robbed of 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 their voice. And that's whether true or imagined, they believe it. But does that now mean that
3: our country doesn't function anymore? Because they're on the fringe and they're on the run and they are insurgents and they are underground and they're hiding and they're in cells. Nothing you can do about that. Terrorists terrorize. That's what they do. You're not going to stop that. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to escalate. We know that. But are they going to be able to take over anything? Just because you capture a building or even if they capture the legislature in a state or two, it doesn't dissolve the government. It doesn't dissolve the United States of America. Even if they took over the Capitol, right, and they killed all of the Democratic senators, they still wouldn't have control of the government. So the idea that they're going to be able to, the coup is going to happen by paperwork. It's not going to happen by by uh, running up in, in a building and, and trying to take it over.
0: There's a medium between what you're saying, Rick, and what Mac is saying. And the medium is disrupting food truckers and and things of that nature. They're going to try to economically uh, shut
1: the truckers and they are the food workers and they are the people who actually need food.
3: And are they going to shut down highways? Think of how large this country is, what it would require to cut off food supply, let's just say for Manhattan.
2: A lot of the people who you guys are talking about doing their jobs and protecting us and fighting them and going against them are actually them. 17, well, officers, only, for, on, seventeen officers. for seventeen officers from the Capitol. Seventeen of them are under investigation. It's not okay, one here, or two bad apples. Seventeen out of eighteen hundred. I, I think you know, eighteen hundred weren't on duty that day, though. Who of the percentage eighteen
3: hundred apparently were on duty, but they were facing eight thousand people trying to enter the building. It
1: was forty thousand people outside. No, it wasn't forty thousand people. Not at the Capitol. It was more than Except, seven thousand. They said it was 40,000 at the
2: at the the rally, rally. at the rally. Yeah, Yeah, they did say that. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We've all watched the movies, right? There's one mole inside and they open the back door and they let the bad guys in. How many movies that we don't need all of them to be bad? You just need a handful. Somebody somebody told them where Clyburn's office was. Somebody, because he's no sign on his office. Somebody told him where his office was. I, remember I agree with that. Uncle, ain't nobody
1: told him, told nobody shit. They just walked around and just happened to find his fucking office.
2: They were communicating
3: with each other. If they're just roaming the building, you're going to find somebody's office.
1: <laughs> right. Yo, they said, hang Mike Pence. Wow. This is one of the parts that really bugged me out. Somebody brought wood to build a gallows and knew how to construct it on the steps. Nobody saw somebody with timber walking on the uh, the Capitol
0: uh, Plaza. What you got there? <laughs> we gonna build us a gallows. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke like, got I the nails. Know. I got the rope. Have that much time.
1: It's it's bizarre.
3: Well, we we do know that they were going in there with the purpose of kidnapping, yes, killing, Maybe. or holding for
2: hostage. You think so? Yeah. I don't think it was it.
0: why, why else do you yeah. have plastic
2: handcuffs? twist ties and all that other how shit? How would you had. all right? So his, my, my only thing with that is is how are you going to get them out of the Capitol in one of the most fortified they, cities? I don't think they were I don't think
1: they I don't think they, trying, were they were thinking about think exiting. Out. I think they were yeah. staying. It would, yeah. it would have been
2: a
0: hostage situation. It'd have been a hostage situation and there would have been a lot of uh debauchery going on in there.
2: I mean, there's yeah, I really, really no think they would no know reason that. to bring why else would you bring zip tie handcuffs? It's, it's funny because you know me; I'm always ringing the alarm. You guys are one like, guy, "Hold up, no!"
0: But what one, one guy? One guy actually brought a swing. He was trying to fuck one of them. <laughs> I get my hands on that AOC. I tell you what; I put this swing up in there. I'm gonna fuck her good for America.
1: I, 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 I still am of the mindset that they are, for the most part, hapless idiots who have just enough knowledge to get incredibly fucked up in life. And, and that's what they, they are basing it on, because anybody who's living, living a life of conspiracy theories is not on this planet.
0: That uh, middle aged you know, 25 to 45 or even 55 year old white man enjoys and loves those conspiracy theories. Like a, a lot of them that are there that were there, they they know like we all have taglines in our head like Coca-Cola or McDonald's. There's a certain com- like all of that shit is in like packets of 30 seconds worth of information. They can spit you some QAnon shit for 30 seconds hard and then it just tapers off after that. Mm. And another thing, I don't
2: understand what I was just talking about. I
0: just <laughs> so that's <Yeah>. all. so, so <laughs>
2: they're robots. I'm going to have to disagree with y'all. And here's why. I I know probably for a fact I'm the only one on here that spends more time than I probably should watching Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax. Not only are some of these guys very intelligent, but some of these guys are. They've already had a career. They've already had their first career. they have They're getting a retirement package. They're in their second career. They're being funded by one of their hobbies or something else. And probably their cost of living is much, much lower. And they come on these shows and there is a disbelief that the white power structure can collapse. They can, And they also cannot believe. I'm really been trying to look at what's behind it. I, and I watch it mostly because I want to understand. I really want to understand because my curiosity doesn't want me to live in my own bubble. Literally, I don't want to live in my my liberal elitist MSNBC, CNN, NPR bubble. I don't want to live in that. Even though that is where my politics lie, that is where my reason lies, I want to understand them. And I hate to say like a us, them kind of a thing. So I've really been looking at it and I really don't believe that they can wrap their head around white isn't enough, white is no longer in charge, white is being challenged for power and they really feel like they're being taken out of the game. Like there's no use for them. They're starting to feel useless. And when you feel useless and when you start to feel desperate, that's when they do desperate things.
0: I don't feel sorry and, for them. I don't want to feel sorry. I'm not for them. feeling like,
2: sorry. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to tell I'm you, I don't want to, I don't want to,
0: I don't want to bridge the line <laughs> with them because you know, my feeling it's is trying. this, you've had a 400 year head start. I don't feel sorry for you. And you've, You've continued to put your knee on our necks for the longest. I don't. I, I don't want to kill you necessarily. I just don't want to fuck with you. You do you, and I do me. And if you can't, if that's not enough for you, that you can't just go to your fucking job and do what the fuck you do like everybody else does, then you a the problem, nigga. And if you step to someone who's who who might have something bigger than you, you're gonna get shot or stabbed. That's just how it is. I don't understand why these niggas can't just do what the fuck you What before you jumped on the Trump train what was you doing? You have a job, you have a lifestyle. You were living comfortably somewhere even if you they, weren't. They
3: made No, I think that's that's a that's a lot of assumptions. a lot of these people weren't living comfortably. They didn't have jobs. I, if you travel around this country and you
0: see some of these What's changed for them? What's changed you, for them? Nothing. Because what, you, what's you someone, know, someone
1: who was bring the alarm for them. Now you have someone standing up for them. Right. That's what changed.
3: Now now they have right. now they have a cause to fight for. But murder. if you go around this country and you go to some of these towns where their only industry has now closed up and left, and everybody's on meth or on fucking oxy or on heroin, mm. like it's, it has decimated- Heroin. These little towns, it has decimated some of these and, little towns oh, around wait, the country, and the,
2: no. and the factories now, are gone.
3: And if it wasn't replaced by a prison, so who's that that, that? that is the only industry. Well, I'm not. I'm not assigning blame. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I, my I'm, not. Point, I'm not assigning blame. My point. My point is, is that they're not all living comfortable lives where they came from, and that's probably why they are willing to do the shit that they're doing right now. Most and, of the time, and, and I just want to say to Mac, like. I do watch Fox News. I don't watch okay. the other the other shits because it doesn't even make any sense to watch that shit. But I want to understand how they're able to suspend their own logic to believe what is being said to them. That's what I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to see is there something in there that make that actually makes sense? Most of the time no, there's not. What yeah, yeah. this is there's one thing that I'll agree with with them on is that mainstream media
1: is bullshit. Absolutely. I think everybody can agree to that. My thing is that they feel like they have the lock on it. And it's just the liberal media. And I could listen to MSNBC and CNN. I'd be like, oh, this is bullshit. And I'll just keep moving on. But I, I can discern that the problem that I have with them is that they are so spellbound by whiteness. This is the other reason why I think they were able to storm the Capitol is because the white people who work for the Capitol and the black people could not fathom that white people would hurt them. Because we are all fed the idea that blackness is danger. Mm-hmm. Brown people constitute danger. But white people, for some reason, it's just daisies and rainbows and meth, right. meth, obviously. So <laughs> I. <laughs> this is a Donahue
4: Baker. CEO of Money Avenue, the number one wealth building platform, and you are listening to Decoding 40.
1: It, it's it's this lack of imagination or this ability to completely whitewash your mind into the idea that you are not the problem, that you cannot possibly be contributing to the problem. And this is even evident in the idea that after people started to really investigate not even really investigate. Matter of fact, they didn't investigate at all because at 8 p.m. when the session uh, started, you have Matt Getz, Gates, 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 whatever his name is, talking about it's Antifa. So in their mind, they cannot do any wrong, even though we saw a herd of these individuals with Trump flags, American flags, Confederate flags, storming the Capitol. That has to be Antifa. He didn't believe
0: that. Not that he believed it, it but I'm
1: just saying he's willing to cloak himself in this whiteness and this bullshit for the sake of continuing the the spell on these individuals so they yeah. then can feel comfortable to cloak themselves in the same bullshit. Well, yo, yo. I,
3: I think you got another level of scumbag when you're talking about politicians, because what they're looking at is that 75 million people voted for Trump. They want a piece of that. Mm. That's what they're looking at. They're looking at how can I make sure that his constituency becomes my constituency they all want to be trump now yeah, well. that's that's what uh you know yeah, Cruz they
1: want to be, uh, be conspirator co-conspirator co- I, I think
0: i think they just want his base they want the votes they want that power none of them care about people they don't no. give fuck it's just about getting that voting block and that energy to get behind them so when they want to run for presidency they can come out there they can literally pull up in a spaceship and niggas will vote for them cuz that's that's the type of shit well, if they pull up in a spaceship, I'll vote for them.
3: I mean, <laughs> like they've, been, they've, been, they've, been they've been screaming "Blue Lives Matter" all summer long, but we ain't heard them say shit about the cop that got killed that they killed. Yeah, they ain't well, said shit about.
0: It. See, that's, see, that's not a part. Don't, of don't blue, blue lives matter? All lives matter, apparently. Hold on a second. Except- everybody knows that the individual who was bashing the head several times with a fire hydrant was done by Antifa. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Antifa's the boogeyman. It's the new fucking boogeyman. Everybody's signing up for it. We have to be every fucking three years. We got to re up on the boogeyman. And Antifa, you win the fucking you win the prize of the year of the new boogeyman because they they went to that shit quick fast.
3: Antifa, uh,
4: you better start getting your merch table together, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I agree totally that a lot of the Republicans right now they just want, not necessarily Donald Trump. They just want that energy. They want they want the votes, mm. and they want to parlay that into the power that Trump parlayed it into. But the problem with that is a lot of that energy that Trump has is from a section that has really been out of touch with politics for a long time. Trump got into office because he woke up that section. And they have been out of politics, not really Republican, not really uh, really engaged in the process. And they're angry, they're pissed off, they're fringe elements. They're, they're, some of them are racist. Some of them just do not subscribe to our system. It's just the fact. So um, when you when you marry that and you accept it, you're gonna get that energy. And that's really the problem that the Republican Party has right now is dealing with that energy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how can we say, I mean, not, not to contradict you, but how can we say <laughs> that it's a fringe element when it's 80 million of them, 72 million voted? There's gotta be another 10 million that are sitting in the background that agree with this. How can it be fringe when it's 80 million people. It's
4: it's French. Well, all it's of that American. 80 million probably, It's not all of them don't fit in there. All some of that exactly. 80 million is the Republican Party that's been Republican, right? But there's I, I guarantee you there's a good 20 to 25 million that believe the that ideology and uh and, and are French, right? Because 10, 15 million people came out from the shadows, that's just enough to swing a major national elections. And that's what happened. That's what we witnessed. Really, the last election, the last election mm-hmm. woke him up. The previous election that Trump first got into office, they got on the radar. But last election, they were just I mean, they were alive. The energy was palpable. You know, th- he Trump received the most vote, even more votes the last time this time than he did the yeah. last time.
0: Yeah, that
4: yeah. energy is there. It's not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, they're, they're riled up. Mm-hmm. I, I think based on
1: everybody knows like the 80 20 rule, right? So 80%, 20% is going to get oh, shit. I'm fucking myself up now. All right.
2: So Uh, (laughs) carry the one and uh, 20% (laughs) of
1: the people are going to do the work that the 80% are not going to do. And they're going to cover the 80%. And I think that fringe represents is represented in that 20%. So you could, I agree that it's probably about 20 million, 25 million. If you were to uh, count people who have not voted, but still aligned themselves politically with Trump. So what we're seeing is and even of that, you're only talking about 10 million are that enthusiastic and that engaged to go to a rally. And then of that, only seven, maybe eight, I'll give you 10,000 are willing to go storm the Capitol. So it's really not enough people to make this movement last. It's enough to make it make the cable news uh, flashier and for them to be able to sell sell advertising and then make make their ratings go up. But this is a movement that is going to be quelled pretty quickly if it gets beyond a certain point and it becomes even more aggressive because there are certain people I believe who cannot afford for these hicks. And I'm talking about in terms of how they might be perceiving these people to fuck up their dough. Like you could talk this shit and you could get real rowdy rowdy as, as high as you want. But if you start messing with the money, you're going to be squashed very quickly. I think it's right changed
3: now. a lot of people's minds in the last few days, watching these few hundred people getting arrested. Right. It's changing their minds. You'd see the people throwing tantrums in the airport because you got kicked off a plane. I'm seeing these two, these two women that got arrested as soon as they landed in whatever city they went back to, that's going to become real. So see, the majority of those people down. who just followed the wave into the Capitol, You're not going to have that same
1: kind of energy. And let me just pick it back off of that, because Cumulus, uh, who owns the radio stations, they may own uh, television stations. They sent a memo that said, if any of you and I'm paraphrasing, but any of you motherfuckers keep kicking this fake election nonsense, you will be fired on site. That includes on our airwaves, on your social media. If you're connected to this brand, you will be fired. Why? Because they do not want anybody messing with that bag. Mm-hmm.
2: Fix. I hear you. I agree. What I'm saying is, is that the more you silence the voice, the more you don't give it voice, the more it becomes pent up energy that they're going to release in another way. Good, That's bad, true. or ugly. But these You can't give that, that, energy and energy. that nonsense at the same time. Yeah. I'm just going to bring UFC you, you back.
4: we are
0: going to bring back the NFL. Now listen. They already brought, they only they already brought the McRib. The McRib <laughs> my opinion, is there to 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 get people to stop thinking about revolution. Yeah. They do.
1: shit. don't They don't want to do have one. But consider what happened to Paula, right? <laughs> consider what happened <laughs> to Paula. Paula yeah. thought it was going to rock off. Yes. Then Apple, Amazon. Paula was Google, about Google. to win. Paula was Go. about to win. No, it wasn't. Because it didn't it was, have the infrastructure. It was, winning.
4: it was number one on the the. the but it, it didn't have
1: the I, infrastructure. It was... it's, the, it's the same story we always talk about. If you don't own the infrastructure, infrastructure, you are at the mercy of other people. They're
0: talking all this jazz, but they are not it, really they, ready for war. Listen, they don't want it. I, like, I, I keep telling y'all, the money is connected to whoever's in power. Whoever's in power has the, has the, be, the ability to push the button. That happens to be Biden right now. And all his Wall Street connects and all of that who are going to be affected financially by these little skirmishes are going to come talking to this motherfucker like, look, we gave you all these millions of dollars to get you in the office. So we need you to get one of them drones and start unleashing the, unleashing the hounds. And that's, that's what they're going to do. It's going to be an incident because if it escalates the way you're saying, Mac, there's going com- to be a pinnacle point where the military is going to be used and we're going to see some shit we've never seen before cuz they 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 talk that they talk that soldier shit but many of them are not ready to to feel the might of the army the air force and the marines and we're not even talking about hand to hand or boots on the ground we're talking about boots mm-hmm. on the ground to come clean up the body parts i drone strike happens i'm
2: telling you you y'all, not- y'all think y'all think them guys playing soldier in the woods is playing and
0: Listen, i don't
2: think they playing yo the great Orator. How, how many? Mike how many Tyson. How, hold on, hold on. The
1: great um, orator, Mike Tyson, has made this very clear. Everybody's got a plan until, until they get, get punched. punched in the butt.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And you're right. and, 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 and you're right. I don't care. I don't care if you've got a fifty cal or whatever you got you rocking with. You are not fucking with a tank, my G. You I agree. But what
2: happens? But what happens, what happens when when Old boy's cousin is the guy driving the tank. He ain't gonna fire on his cousin, and that's what happened at the Capitol. They let them in. I don't need all of them to be bad apples. They're not gonna fire on their own, and they think what they're fighting for is right. That's why they let them in. The National Guard in Mississippi ain't gonna go in the woods and kill the their boys in their, their own neighborhoods. It's just not. They're not. They did it in Waco. They took. They brought troops from out of state. They had no. To. They
3: brought. The, The FBI, it was the FBI, wasn't it? Yeah, FBI, ATF. That's how it's going to go down. Right. Right. That's how it's
0: going to go down. Hold up, hold up. For the 10 that won't work with them, there's 20 willing to do it. There's a motherfucker right now who can't wait to get on that joystick or that (laughs) drone. He can let that (laughs) shit rock. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for all my life, son. Hold up. You think some brother from fucking Chicago who went to the army and had to deal with white folks shit Ain't gonna get on that joystick and be like, "Yeah, nigga, where, where they at?" Hold up, I have no. Comment.
2: I think when these crazy militias start going after soft targets, we're gonna have a different conversation. I think this is gonna be a different conversation. Okay. I I hope I'm wrong. God, let yeah. me be wrong, please. I mean, we don't. I we think, don't.
3: I think, I think but that, I think terrorist acts are definitely possible. I think terrorist acts are in our future. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that from within from within. within. Oh, for sure. But it's happened before. It's not. I don't think that it's going to stop now. I think it's probably going to increase. But I don't think that they're going to destabilize the U.S. government. I don't think that um, this country is going to cease to exist. There's too much invested in that. They're going to be
0: crushed. You're about to see the veracity of, of, of fucking the the American army. You're going to see how ferocious and how they don't give a fuck and how they they have been trained to, you know, eat nails and shit out, lightning and all that other shit. They are, I'm telling you.
2: just he was on some just easy, like easy shit right there. Right there. Yo, you about to be in the force of street knowledge. Yo, yo, yo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, because just like you have nuts on one side, a lot of these military guys who've been, they don't listen just put me in front of the enemy uh, sir that's they <laughs> on that next shit i don't think i don't think it's going to get to that I, but if it does and america's forced to bring out the military they're going to do it on some drone shit i'm telling you it's not even the boots will be there to clean up the mess why would you risk the lives of american soldiers when you can just send a drone to do it they've got shit that we've never seen before they got shit that will vaporize motherfuckers
1: Super facts. I wanted to give Donahue the last word on it.
4: I'm just prepared for whatever happens. I definitely, on the inauguration, I'm trying to stay home. So that's the, <laughs> the last word. I don't want no parts
3: of it right now. I'm, I'm, you don't even gotta family. ask black folks where they're gonna be on the 20th. <laughs> yeah, hold up. You going to the inauguration?
0: Uh, uh, to, to I'm, add on, I'm gonna watch it on, on, YouTube. I'm watching I'm on, YouTube. on YouTube. I'm staying home. I'm staying. <laughs> to, to add on what Donahue yeah. just said. Tamika Mowry, uh, I think, tweeted: "This is not our fight. Stay the fuck home. It's true, and stay the yeah. fuck out of it. Get your popcorn and just watch. Yeah, because really, <laughs> if you if you're good at home and you got what you need, I feel sorry for those who live out in the fringe in the country, you know, who got to deal with the racist shit. But I'm good. All right. So much for giving Donahue the last word. Uh, yeah, buddy, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to hear that? He was like, no." You know this 1792 <laughs> right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, often, you know? The
1: last last word is brought to you by like, 1792. 1792. <laughs> 1792 making drunk motherfuckers <laughs> just talk out of turn since 1792. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit!
2: All right, we want to thank Donahue for joining us today. Great conversation. If anybody is che- uh, looking for him, come over to Bank Money App. Make sure you like. Follow and subscribe to Decoding 40. And if you'd like to support the podcast, come over to Patreon.com backslash Decoding 40. Follow us on social media. Any other last words, guys? Did we learn anything today? Oh, yeah. Should should Trump get kicked off of Twitter? All right. We'll talk about that next time. Anyway, any last words, guys?
0: I'm excited what you're doing with the bank, man. I'm really excited. Yeah, no
2: doubt. Uh, We will Um, definitely be in touch, man.
4: Yeah, Yeah. hopefully you guys support me. Anybody else that wants to join the bank, just go to Bank moneyav.com and sign up Um, and then you'll get you know all all the information that you need you'll get notified when we roll everything out but um, I'm excited about it I know we're going to change a lot of lives and and I hope that uh, people support it
2: yeah absolutely it's beautiful man that's beautiful man
4: thank you fellas for giving me the opportunity All All right, right, guys we'll
2: see you guys next week on Decoding 40 Peace. peace
0: peace peace